It's me, it's me, it's the R-O-double-B, mobbing once again my two dudes with attitude right here on Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. I don't have a nickname anymore, so I'm going to give it to myself right now. It's just Walker. Everybody knows me. I'm the undeniable, irresistible, eldorable Alex Todd. Let's talk about our dear friend Rob here. WWE writer was on Most Wanted Treasures, the WWE show on AE Network. Rob, it was recently discovered on Facebook by a fan who visited uh, a museum in North Carolina that had the Andre the Giant mask. Rob Phillison. Well, that's that's uh, good old Brett Webb. He is the curator of the museum up there in Ellerby, North Carolina. Um, and he uh, as you saw, and if you watch WWE's Most Wanted Treasures, the Andre the Giant episode, that was the museum that they had gone to. It actually backs up onto the back end of Andre the Giant's uh, ranch and property. Um, and the curator, Brett Webb, is actually the neighbor uh, of Andre the Giant, was the neighbor of Andre the Giant, and lives on, still lives on the property, not on Andre's property, but on his, which backs up to Andre's backyard. Um, and... Yeah, we knew. Uh, I had talked with Brett several times. We joked about the fact that WWE was going to have to do some serious editing because we knew on our end the what was going to happen with the Andre the Giant mask and how upset everybody got. And talking with Brett, come to find out, they didn't get anything out of him either because it's a museum. Um, and anybody who knows anything about a museum, you guys live up in New York, it'd be like going to the Metropolitan Museum of Art and asking to borrow the Mona Lisa. They're not just going to let you borrow the Mona Lisa or a Van Gogh or a Picasso just because you're going to do a little artsy road show at an at a upcoming uh, major event. So the, the museum wasn't in any position to, to loan the items out or sell the items. Uh, WWE was made well aware of that. And, uh, you know, it, it, if you watch the show, they did a lot of creative, uh, a lot of creative editing. And, and initially, while Sonny and I may have come out looking like the major heels uh, after that episode and, and after several bottles of champagne and other beverages were drank and celebrated laughing at good old AJ Dollar Dollar can't make you holler. Um, it, it, the following week, I didn't think I came out looking half as bad when the guy who lived in, who didn't want to be on TV, lives in Little River, South Carolina. Hi, Kate. Guess who coached him? Uh, held up the Ric Flair robe for $135,000. Hi. I knew where it was the whole time. So, yeah. There was a reason why they retaped that episode and why, Lee, if you remember not too long ago, I called you and said a certain friend of mine had the robe. We knew he had the robe. And we knew that our other podcasting friend had the robe. So I kind of knew what happened. But guess what? It's all a story, folks. It's all uh, smoke and mirrors. It's all TV drama. And AJ, dollar dollar, can't make you holler. Back on the circuit, buddy. Hopefully NXT treats you a little bit better than the Hidden Treasures did because the only thing you walked away with was replica Brutus the Barber Beefcake shears. <laughs> Which, hey, WWE, I got two upstairs for sale if you're interested. <laughs> Season two. 
Oh my gosh, that's uh, too good. <laughs> well, now we know what really went on with the show. Um, it's reality TV. Having been on reality TV myself with MTV True Life, uh, you, you know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, Rob was even kind enough to show me uh, some messages uh, regarding how everything was going to play out, which was really cool. Um, maybe if guys, fans, if we can convince Rob, uh, he'll let us show those uh, on air sometime. Uh, for now, Rob, you had a personal story kind of attached to this. I'll let you take it away. Um, which, which one was that? Because I know I've got one regarding last night's AEW. That's what it was, last night's AEW. Okay. Um, well, as we know, AEW last night had their huge shows Saturday night against the NBA, which, um, you know, until next week, I don't think anything's really going to change rating-wise. But they did have that major match, Kenny Omega versus uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. And, I, I, you know, a couple weeks ago when this got set up, my wife and I were actually leaving Disney. Um, the, the future home of WWE. And um, we, I, I had heard that they had done this and the promoter, the promoter and the storyline writer and, and the booker in me never leaves. And I immediately started like getting all emotional and tearing up. My wife turned to me and she said, what's going on? And I said, you know, if they're smart, they're going to have him cut a promo, bring his family and cut a promo in the back with Alex Marvez something if it was me to the effect of you know who I am and you know who my family is and tonight there's a little angel on my shoulder and I'm gonna do this and I think everybody the the place would have erupted that would have been the time to do the title change he doesn't have to forever live in the shadow of being Luke Perry's son but you brought his whole family there and I thought last night when I was watching it and they had his mother there and they had his sister there and they kind of teeny tiny touched on it, but it would have been a whole lot better and a whole lot more impactful if, if um, you know, Jungle Boy Perry had, had, had done something to that effect. And the funny thing about that whole story was when we were driving in the car after I had explained, I, I laid out this whole thing to my wife and she's still wondering who the heck Jungle Jack Perry is and she only really understands that it's luke perry's son but again that would get viewers and she wanted to watch last night because of specifically that so that would bring other eyes that normally wouldn't watch the product to watch your product if you marketed it correctly but literally 30 minutes after i came up with this whole thing my good friend bubba ray dudley on busted open radio said the exact same thing so great minds must think alike. Absolutely. Uh, Bubba's got a very, not, not even just like, uh, he doesn't even have just a wrestler's mind for the business, but just like when it comes to creating compelling TV, uh, you know, Lee and I actually compared something that Bubba had said on Busted Open last week on the show when you were gone, talking about how um, like one of WWE's biggest problems is would they when they had these huge baby faces and they lead them up to huge, uh, huge title matches similar to the Jungle Boy situation. They, you know, the, the build to it's great. And then they just have no plan afterwards. So Bubba's been, he's been on a roll lately with the stuff he's been saying, but I'm also going to agree with Rob on this situation with Jungle Boy. Um, 
my personal opinion, I don't think the title match should have happened yet because it's very clear that they're building Kenny Omega up to eventually lose the title to Hangman Adam Page. It's been a two-year storyline almost at this point, so I think they should have waited for that for Jungle Boy to even get a title shot until way past then. You would have had more time to build up the way Rob was saying, and then you lead to an eventual actual title win with him. See, I thought of this from a Jim Cornette perspective with a little bit of interest. So if the main focus is, you know, you have this underdog-like guy who's Jungle Boy against Kenny Omega, they didn't play it up long enough for a buildup to really happen. No. They just, they, you know, it was just kind of like a rushed thing. The match was phenomenal. It was a great match. No denying that. Yeah. With the family there, I agree that they should have used the family somehow into the storyline of who he actually is because AW, to be honest, really never mentions it, that, you know, his dad was Luke Perry, the guy from 90210, Dylan, you know, it's never really talked about. We also uh, don't know if that's something he doesn't want mentioned, too. Yeah. Um, but where I get the cornet vibe with a little bit of Russo is – with long feuds like Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, uh, you end up having mini feuds in between type right. deal. Right. They could have actually had Jungle Boy win because going up against the NBA, you know that you're going to have some sort of decline in the ratings, being moved around, shuffled. But by having him win, even if it's just Kenny Omega gets his rematch next week on uh AEW Dynamite and wins the, the championship back. It's going to draw people in to say, holy crap, they just had him, they just had Jungle Boy win the championship. I gotta change the channel. I need to mm -hmm. watch because they were having uh, ratings in the 1 million mark finally. And then, you know, the NBA playoffs kind of, you know, now they're getting moved around and stuff. That could have brought a spike back up in the ratings. Right, even if they had the title go back, because like back in the day, maybe like 10 years ago when Cena was champion all the time, yeah, you would still see him lose the title occasionally to pop ratings, even if it just meant he won it back and still continued into another storyline. Yeah. And a, so. and a couple of things to consider with that. Number one, um, with the changing of the title, if you were to change the title, it would harken back to Mick Foley winning the world title when WCW was giving the, the ratings away, nobody was actually watching WWE or WWF at the time. And then WCW did that. And, and, you know, a half a million or 750,000 viewers changed the channel and it changed the, the course of history for professional wrestling. And like you were saying with the NBA being on, there are a lot of wrestling fans that may have been watching the NBA, but all of a sudden, if you get that notification on your phone, that jungle boy is actually winning the title you may switch the channel and it may have boosted the ratings. Right. The other problem, the, the flip side to that was, and, and, and I said it in a tweet earlier in the day, Saturday, before the show had even taken place, definitely didn't think there was going to be a, a, a title change last night from the one perspective of with the million people, millions of people that are going to be watching the NBA um, and, and AEW kind of just tossed to the wayside on a Saturday night. While it would be shock value and worthy to, to do the title change, I certainly didn't think they were going to go that route this early in. Um, and then the final point I would make, going back to what you were saying, Alex, 
whether Jungle Boy was comfortable with talking about, um, you know, who he is and who his father is and things like that. One of the things Jungle Boy brought up recently was he's not comfortable doing promos. Well, one way you get really good at doing promos, and I learned this when I was in WWE, is bringing raw emotion into it. And if he actually talked raw emotion, raw feelings, and instead of the uh, Fugazi kind of promos that he may want to cut being Jungle Boy that he doesn't necessarily feel comfortable with, if he got down and dirty and talked heartfelt to the to the to the wrestling audience that is watching AEW about who he is and what he went through and how he lost his father and who his father was, I think it would pour pull more at the heartstrings to the to the wrestling viewers and maybe give them a more vested interest in wanting to why should I really care about cheering for Jungle Boy other than the pop of music and well that he gets when music comes on. That's great. But I have some addition to that music that's just gonna pull me in. Moxley has music and, and the wild thing uh, theme is phenomenal when he comes out and I love how the crowd gets behind him but Moxley also has a lot more going behind him and that's actually what pulls him through all of his matches. Moxley's phenomenal at what he does. Jungle Boy's got to get up to that that level. Absolutely and it's it's a proven fact that if you bring a raw emotion and compared to like the, the life events that are going on in your life that your promos tend to get better. Roman Reigns is a perfect example. Have you heard a bad promo from him since he came back from his leukemia thing? Not, not many. No, and when he was a heel on NXT or Florida Championship Wrestling when he first started, his promos were awesome. Because he talked about his family's legacy and like he was bringing in. He just didn't, as a face, couldn't do it. No, and it's because when he first turned as a face after the Shield, they tried too hard to make him like that John Cena type vibe and tried too hard to for, uh, force his promos. If you let them use more of what's going on in your real life, and like for Roman Reigns, it was the leukemia situation, Drew McIntyre getting fired, both of their promos, their promo game shot right through the roof. Absolutely. And I think what Rob's saying, I think they need to let Jungle Boy work off of that and if he's comfortable with it. Um, yeah. bring that raw emotion of what he went through with his father into his character. And I think that'll also relate with the fans a lot more too. Yeah. And here's the other thing too. If you want to bring viewers in that, like I said, that haven't necessarily watched the product before, when Vince brought Mike Tyson in, it was an attempt to bring more viewers in that weren't necessarily watching WWE. We were going to have the WWE audience, but we weren't going to necessarily have the boxing fans that were fans of Mike Tyson. You bring Mike Tyson in and now everybody wants to watch it. You bring you bring something like Luke Perry into the mix and the and the thought and the promo behind it. And you're going to get a, a lot more women watching the program in that 18 to 40 demographic that they're always so hyped on. You're going to get more of those those women watching because they do know Luke Perry. They do remember 90210. And his son is a spitting image of Luke Perry. Oh, you know, so anybody, yeah, when when my wife who does not watch AEW watched it last night, she said, Holy shit, that is Luke Perry if you cut his hair off. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yes. yeah. 100%. Um, we're going to switch from AEW news and our thoughts on that. And we are going to go to a little game that, while I was out from surgery, <laughs> that Rob and Alex played during the first round of WWE releases. Uh, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Seuss once had a saying, oh, the places they will go. Well, in this case, it's 
by force, not by choice. We are back here with the newest unfortunate rounds of WWE release superstars, and we're going to play the Where Will They Go game. Uh, you know, we have the choices of Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact Wrestling, AEW, MLW, any of the indies. I'm going to go from some of the lower names, and then we are going to work our way up. So I'm going to start with some of the, no offense to them, lower guys on the list. Um, and I don't, I don't mean that, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but like, it's just. There's no nice way to No, say there's it. no way nice say, and it's not a disrespectful thing. It's just the fact that there, there are guys that are spread throughout the card from low card to top of the card, and that's just how it is. There's, um, there's no reason to say that these guys aren't going to change their positioning in pro wrestling between now and the next couple of years anyway. So it's not a disrespectful thing. I'm just, you know, you build things up for a reason. So we are... The, guy, the guys who won't be getting beers bought for them when they walk in and go, hey, I've arrived. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So we are going to start things off with August Gray. August Gray actually had a great tweet when it came to getting released. He actually had a match the same night he was released for 205 Live. And I believe in the tweet he wrote, it's a loser leaves the company match. <laughs> Yeah, he literally spoiled the match as soon as they released him to let everybody know who was going to win. So from Perched, I actually tweeted at him, uh, spoiler free is the way to be. I actually, <laughs> I have a feeling because of that, because he had the best reaction to being released. I think there's a shot that somebody might pick him up only because of the, the, the hype that he made on social media after he got released. He took the release so well. I'm not going to lie. He, he had the funniest reaction out of everybody. Being a 205 Live guy, I, I got to say he's perfect for the X Division at Impact. So my my thoughts on August Gray are, well, he's hilarious and well, that did pick him up some steam. Um, I don't I don't even know. I don't know if he's a household name enough to where people will recognize him if he debuts for Impact. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say he debuts in Ring of Honor. Okay. Well, if he goes to if he goes to Impact, um, you know, he obviously could change his name. He's going to have to change his name. Um, right. So, Indy, I'll go with Indies. And okay. when I say Indies, he could end up in MLW, Ring of Honor, all of that. I'll lump all that in one one container. Okay, okay, That's right, fair, fair enough. Um, moving on, Arturo Ruas. He was the, the guy that was like the mixed martial artist fighter when they did Raw Underground. He had a few appearances on NXT. There is actually a funny photo uh, where he was actually drafted to Raw. Yeah, he was a drafted to Raw in the last draft. Yeah. And, and he never debuted. <laughs> Nothing happened. <laughs> they literally announced him on television as a draft pick to Monday Night Raw. Uh, the, the official mystery relevant. And the only reason why I know about it was because it was on the uh, Twitter account, Forgotten Images. And I laughed when I saw it. I was, like, <laughs> I, I was like, this guy was drafted to Raw? Are you kidding me? And not that he's bad or anything. They just hadn't exposed. They hadn't shown enough of him on TV. No, but it was, it was still a funny image. I had no idea. Um, I got to say indie scene for the time being. So... Um... His gimmick is that he's a fighter and he's actually a damn good wrestler in the ring. So while he would be low card, 
I won't be shocked to see AEW pick him up. Wow. Because I did hear good things about him in the ring. And from what I watched, he's good in the ring. So a name change, possibly some vignettes, basically treat him like he's a brand new superstar. Might start low on the card, but I could see AEW picking him up. Okay. Rob? I'm going to go Indies. Indies okay. again. Okay. Um, Aria Davari. You know, I would have said MLW to join his brother, Sean. But if you noticed, I don't know if anyone's caught on. If you've been watching the fights get broken up on Raw recently. Davari's back in the company. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say he's going to pick up where Sean left off in MLW with Contra Unit. So my thoughts are similar to yours, with the exception that MLW was not the only company that Davari was working for. Before he came back to WWE, he was yeah. also had recently returned, not on television, but into like the, um, their not dark show, but basically like their kind of velocity or heat that they have going on now um, to impact wrestling. Forgot about Aria Davari was one of the uh, most consistent wrestlers with his gimmick on 205 Live, so I have no doubt he's going to Impact to join the X Division. Okay. Yeah, Impact would be good for him. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, the girlfriend, wife, fiance of Roderick Strong, Marina Shafir. Done. I agree. Done. <laughs> hey, I'll go with you. Done. <laughs> I feel as if uh, Desmond Duke and Marina Shafir didn't take joining the company serious enough. It didn't seem like they ever really took the extra time to get better. Their work was very sloppy in the ring every time I watched. And I think WWE knew that the four horsemen, women versus hor four horsewomen, don't let me say that three times fast. Um, was never going to happen because those two were not up to par in the ring. Yeah. And you could see that. I remember seeing her work and it was far from stellar. And I think that they were just hired literally because of Ronda. I, yeah. I, and I think it was you, part of getting Ronda. If, in. if you look at their MMA careers, it was kind of a, what I would consider low to mid card in professional wrestling for what they did. They basically brought them all in because they wanted to do the four versus four women and they time passed by and it's, it's too late for it now. Nobody knows if Rhonda's even ever coming back. And that's, and that's where the issue lied. Rhonda leaving didn't help the matter of the four horsewomen versus four horsewomen. Uh, they essentially took Shayna away from the, the trio once Rhonda was gone in NXT and realized, okay, she's the breakout star of the group. And she's also the oldest because the other two, she's almost 40. The other two really aren't that far behind. And Jasmine's also been gone for like a year, hasn't she? Wasn't she in the big group of release stars last year? Yeah. Or was she released on her own before the no, big I ones think, this year? I think she was. She was not part of the groups she that was happened in the big earlier. One. This she was in the big one. Last year. Big group, yeah. Last year. But, what, but I mean, they were part of Up, Up, Down, Down with Xavier Woods thing and everything. So like his, his personal YouTube show, is going to take a big hit because he lost a lot of people. And we'll talk more about that in a minute here. Um, moving on. This one was, this one was a little slightly shocking while they were lower card, they were entertaining and they were once part of a group with Jinder Mahal, the Singh brothers. 
I was honestly shocked about this one. And I'm shocked because generally guys like Jinder Mahal, the Bollywood boys, you had Jinder, or not Jinder Mahal, you had Great Khali. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, yeah. And, and you have uh, Mansar. That's his name, Mansar? Whatever his Mansour, name is. Mansour, I think. Mansour. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to be confused with Mantar. Yeah. Don't, yeah. <laughs> Leo get upset about that. Lee loves Mantar. Do no hate to Mantar. He's the greatest. Um, I think with with that group, this one shocked me because how much they draw overseas. The great Kali was making two million dollars a year because of how he drew over in India. Jinder Mahal's from Canada, but he draws over in India. Yep. The Bollywood boys, they're a draw. Uh, so even though they were two, they were taken away from gender, put on 205 Live, uh, this one shocked me. But I think because of how well everybody knows their work, they'd be a great fit for Impact Wrestling with the X Division and, and even their tag team division. I could see that. Um, I think they've made enough of a name for themselves. And if you watch some of their old matches before they came to WWE – they're an incredibly talented tag team. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say New Japan. I can see I was, joining the team division in New Japan. I was just thinking that. I was actually just going to say New Japan for them. Yeah. You know, we actually just joined New Japan also. Um, Fred. Uh, uh, former former WWE. Yep. Yeah. yeah he, uh, he's actually, he's been showing his support for New Japan for the longest time now. And he reps he was repping their merch just as a fan. And I think yeah. they picked up on it when he wore that New Japan jacket in the to be released Netflix, uh, not Netflix, Nexus. My bad. <laughs> it's different. Uh, uh, WWE is supposedly in the future here coming out with a documentary on the Nexus. And Darren Young sat down for an interview in it and it was, there's pictures from him sitting down in the interview and he's wearing a jacket that says new Japan pro wrestling on it. It's no longer Netflix and chill. It is now Nexus, Nexus and chill. chill. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I I've noticed a lot more WWE guys going to new Japan and succeeding very well there. I think uh, CJ Parker now known as juice Robinson was one of the biggest cases in years where he went from, low card to he could you they could put him in a world title feud tomorrow and nobody would be surprised and no one would remember he was an nxt no nobody knows it nobody even remembers his work so i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna say new japan for the Singh brothers okay. yeah i if they do though they i think they need a different name than the bollywood boys if they're gonna be taken seriously i mean that was yeah i mean i don't know if they, i think that they were going by the Singh brothers at some at, at one point in wwe and or towards the end right but if I, I think they were using both names. At well, one before they went to WWE in they the Indies, Bollywood. they were the Bollywood boys because they were actually, for a slight amount of time, in Global Force Wrestling, if anybody remembers what the hell that was. Rob's like, no, I don't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Yeah, that was that little startup promotion Jeff Jarrett tried now, the to whole thing. start at. Basically when he got kicked out of his own company. Yeah. Sad. Um Anywho, so now we are moving on to da, 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 Everrise. Okay, this one I really like. Um, you were pissed off when you found out about this one. I was because they are realistically they're not appeasing to look at. No, they're a little doughy, kind of like us. <laughs> <laughs> Do the Kamala. 
um, they are not appeasing to look at, but they are phenomenal. They can work. And to add to that, um, I can't remember who it was that said this. It was one of the one of the wrestlers in WWE put this out on Twitter the other day. In in a similar light to how our truth is, you you get you get comedy that Vince McMahon puts on television these days where it's not funny, it's it's cringeworthy. But then you get super uh, certain guys that like know their brand of comedy and how to be funny while being cringy. And yes. a type of guy like that is our truth. Everrise was able to do that in NXT too. They were literally starting to pick up steam lately because their promos were hilarious. Yep. And my pick for this, and you're going to notice I'm going with a big theme here. I'm going with Impact Wrestling. And I'm saying that because Carl Anderson mm-hmm. tweeted out, hashtag Everrise signed Impact Wrestling. I think they've like, probably already got contracts waiting for them when their time's done. I know someone who was released in the last round who has already signed a contract to Impact Wrestling and her uh, fiance used to say a thing like, woo, 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 you (laughs) know it. And I think I called that one on the last time we played this game. We did. And you you and I both did because we also said that she uh, she's also an Impact Wrestling alumni. So the return makes sense. Uh, I the only reason why I know this is a good promoter friend. uh, Spoiler alert here, friends and fans listening alike. Uh, Chelsea had to cancel a lot of appearances coming up in August and September. It's almost like she's getting ready to show up for Slammiversary. Weird. Woo, woo, woo. You know it. That's not his thing anymore. He'd actually be pissed if he heard you say that. He said himself, Zack Ryder's dead. He still signs stuff as Zack Ryder because if it's, it's actually, Ryder- it's actually not true because he was in Universal not too long ago, and, and I was just walking behind him, just doing woo woo woo, and then turning off like I was looking at like I was a tourist or something, and then he would keep walking and I'd do it a little more, and then I'd look again up and. You know, look at the ride. Oh, look at the roller coaster. Woo, woo, woo. And then just look again. <laughs> Damn. That's hilarious. Hi, Zach. Yeah, it was me. All right. So we're going to move on. We have four left. The next one, and I saved this one. You guys are going to be a little surprised because I don't know. I don't know how well you, you guys know him, but there was a lot, a lot of buzz around this man before. So this is why I saved him for later on in the list. Kurt Stallion. I guessed it right. I thought, <laughs> Stallion, did you see that? I did. I saw it. That's what I said, baby. Woo! Lee, your thoughts first. I already have, and I, I think I'm 90% sure I'm where he's going. I actually like this kid. Shockingly, I know who he is. Uh, you didn't get to see a lot of him, but you saw him on TV. Uh, charismatic, good in the ring. This is going to be one of those rare ones where I'm going to say you're going to see him on AEW, but I also wouldn't be shocked if a company like Ring of Honor, Impact, or NWA make an attempt to grab him. I agree. Um, I'm also going with AEW, and the reason I go with that is because right before he just – he hasn't even been with WWE long – but right before he got signed, there was a literal bidding war going on between WWE and AEW to sign him. He's shown up on AEW Dynamite before he was signed to WWE. And then he he literally appeared on an episode of Dynamite and then got signed to WWE the next week. He's going to AEW because that's where he was going to go before he went to WWE. 
I do want to add one point. He did make a hilarious tweet, just like August Gray when he got released. And uh, his tweet was, well, my appearance fee just went up. <laughs> and I got a kick out of that. Because, you know, mostly everybody you see is thanking Stephanie, Shane, Vince, Triple H. <laughs> Thank you for the time in WWE. Thank you for firing me. See ya. Six uh, grand. Six grand to go to big event. carl anderson was you know has been against saying you know quit thanking the people that fired you quit thanking them i I, i'm in the ropes about i'm on the ropes about it i think it depends on the situation i'm perched on the top rope about it because most people when they you know leave a job you know they thank them for all their time there and this and that and they're ready to move on but that's on your own accord of quitting, right? Wrestlers are the only people I've ever known to thank anybody after getting fired. Well, and I think some of them do it so that they go, they're still going on in good terms and have a chance of coming back. Saving face. Yeah. They're basically saving face. Um, You know, you know, they're still not happy about it, but they're saving face so that there is the possibility that one day they might be able to go back. Um. Oh yeah. Oh, I was going with I was going with AEW. I know who he is, um, and I was AEW. You know, one thing you know, so we don't cheat. One thing we got to get is a dry erase board and just write it down, and then on the count of three, everyone just hold the. Yeah. Oh my god, that's a great, yes. that's a great idea. <laughs> that way, that way, instead of just bang like banging. That way, Alex doesn't ideas. steal all my answers. I, I I guess for the the next. Uh, well, you know batch what? We'll, the, ba- the next batch of the last couple, we'll let Rob go first. How about that? So we're not okay. stealing Rob. Okay. All right. In All right. two in two weeks, when half the WWE roster gets released, oops, um, I, I I'll, I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, because we know this isn't the end of it. This is going to be. I have a feeling this time this is going to be going on all year long. They've Gotta got way watch, too many people. They've got way too many people on the roster. Watch in two weeks when half the SmackDown roster gets released, and they're all going to call for my head. I know. Think about it. <laughs> Within the past couple months, a decent amount of it was the Raw roster. This time we got NXT and 205 Live. SmackDown's next. SmackDown only has like seven women's wrestlers active on the roster right now. So Bye-bye, Carmella. Yeah. That'll never happen. No, only because of Graves. Yep. That'll Actually, never you know, happen. No, you never know, though, because they've said recently that Nick Khan, who's in charge of all these releases, he said he doesn't care who people are married to anymore. He said he doesn't care who your significant other is, what your plans were. Killing Dane was literally in the middle of the storyline. Alistair Black was. A lot of these He's gone on were... record saying he does not care who you are with, who you're married to, who your significant other is. And, so they, clearly, I... and they clearly don't care who the commentating teams are because you could see what they've been doing with Monday Night Raw. So if they got rid of Carmella and they fired Corey Graves, they would probably just fill him in with some dude in the stands. Probably. The only, the only thing they've gotten right with the announce team lately was putting Pat McAfee on SmackDown. I love it. Pat is awesome. He's so, he's so entertaining. It's not even funny. There was a part on uh, Talking Smack this past week where they had Big E come in and him and uh, Pat McAfee were playing off of each other. And it was at that moment that I didn't realize that Pat McAfee needs to be in the New Day. <laughs> <laughs> I get a kick out of how excited he gets for, for booze. It's when so booze refreshing. comes out, when Boozman comes out to, to play for Shinsuke, he gets all jacked up. I mean, he was oh, cracking waters. He was cracking waters like they were Austin beers and everything. Yes. Why are you humping me? Because that's what Pat McAfee (laughs) does. You actually watch the product, you'd know that. 
I do watch the product, but he doesn't hump the guy. He absolutely does if you watch the product. That's all um, right. I'm sure Michael Cole likes it. Yeah, probably. Michael Cole's a weird man. He didn't like it when Heidenreich did it. <laughs> well, no offense, to, no offense <laughs> to Pat. He's probably not that big. But anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Um, the, the big three. Killian Dane. Uh, AEW. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to say AEW, or I could see him going to Impact only because if you've noticed, slowly the former members of Sanity have been one by one joining Impact Wrestling, and I could almost see them reforming the stable one day down the road in Impact. I'm going to go with the both of you. You're both right. You think he'll show up in both? I think he's going to do a couple of her appearances and do something with Eric Young. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to go through that kind of, you know, get a new name for himself. Cause he can't, he's not going to go back. He'll probably go name. back to big Damo again. So I think, I think he'll try and do a few paid, paid appearances with impact, get that name established. And then he's off to AEW. Okay. Well, and here's, Here's the other thing, too, and we talked about this the last time we played this, you and I, Alex, is there's only so much money to go around. And, it's and, and you know, we just lost, what, another 16 to 20 people here that we're going through now. There was, there was another 16 or so the last time, 16 before that. That seems to be the magic number in Nick Khan's head. There's only so many, so much money to go around. And, and I love impact, but it's not the impact of the Jeff Jarrett days when, when the big guys were there. Um, I, I don't know that Scott Demore has unlimited finances to be, you know, writing the checks that we're writing for him right now. But, uh, right. you know, and the same thing goes with Tony Khan. Um, he's got 127 guys under contract right now. That's a lot of talent. Um, you know, whether you're that it's 127 guys that you're paying on a weekly basis. Now I know he does a lot of tapings and, and having been to AEW and one of AEW's tapings, I do know they do a ton of tapings from two in the afternoon till two in the morning, uh, nonstop at Daly's place. And they chop them up into, into all different types of things, but it's still a lot of money to be carrying. Um, and eventually it's, it's going to run out for all of these companies. You know, he's right, and I didn't even think about that. Um, and other things that I had thought of, too, while, while Rob, you were speaking, there's, there, there's going to be people from the last batch that aren't going to get picked up anywhere. There's people from a year ago, Curtis Axel, that, you know, no Some where. of those guys also decided on their own not to go back into wrestling, I, too. Yes, but there, there's a lot that still want to be part of it. Aiden well, then Aiden, why aren't they on the indies, though? Uh, Aiden English is one of them. He never got picked up anywhere, and now he's actually uh, coming back and uh, debuting in PPW, which is based out of Pennsylvania. So the thing that – and that's a bigger independent company, just like uh, North Northeast Wrestling, mm -hmm. new, yep. uh, big-time wrestling. Uh, that travel the east coast um and, and then there's swe based out of texas which has been doing phenomenal they have a bunch of uh big time former wwe wcw ecw like talents part of their shows um this is also going to help companies like that right you know get the guys like the austin grays you know and and maybe like ever rise 
because if you're with Impact, even AEW and stuff like that, they or MLW, they still allow it to be like an independent field where you can go work independent dates. Right. Um, here's here's the other answer to your question, Alex. Why you haven't seen all these guys all over the place is because they still have WWE dollar signs in their head. And when they get released from WWE, they think that everybody, just because they were getting paid $5,000 a week from WWE, everyone should be paying them $5,000 a week. And it doesn't work that way. Um, you know, little little Joe promotion down the street doesn't have $5,000 to give you. He may have 500 And that's the one thing I think that made Matt Hardy as good as, as he was when he got fired from WWE and he went on that big money mat. Uh, rampage where he was doing ring of honor and he was doing all these little spot things um, and he was racking up all the titles and all the belts and everything like that his appearance fee was only a thousand to fifteen hundred bucks which is beyond reasonable for matt hardy and right. that's but why everybody was shows, using him right because if you do enough shows with that lower amount you're still going to make money yeah and and you know you, you take a guy like braun Strowman who just wants twenty five thousand dollars for an appearance that it's man, basically that man. You know, if if you think if you think, uh, you know, some of these indie promoters and no offense to my friends like Eric Sims is going to fork over twenty five thousand dollars for you, um, you, you got a better another thing coming. And there's a bridge I could sell you in Brooklyn. Right. Um, yeah. No, you're not you're not going to see Braun Strowman get paid to go anywhere unless he's going to AEW. However, I was going to say the one thing that Impact has on every other company and the reason I think they've been able to bring in bigger names and be able to pay some of these AEW stars that are coming in, because if you've noticed, they've, they've started getting some bigger names here and there that were in WWE better than, you know, more so than they had in years. But the thing is, Impact is, has a like one thing that allows them to one-up the other companies in the fact that the TV network that they air their television show on owns the entire company. So they can just basically throw out there whoever they want because they're the TV network that their show airs on is the same company that owns impact wrestling. I have a big smile on my face because I know a promoter that will have Braun Strowman at the big event in November, not even announced yet. And WrestleFest six, $30,000 for the weekend. God bless you. If you can make it back. Hey, if he makes it back. Awesome. So there's a spoiler, folks. Awesome. If he and, and whoever that promoter is, uh, man, I, you know, I, I hope you make it back. Um, God, I just, you know, wow. Anyways, we got a little <laughs> off track. Um, we do rabbit holes sometimes. Yes, we do. So I, like I said, though, I do think a lot of these guys do have a chance of going to impact. And the reason you can say so many of these names that can go is because impact's got a little extra money to be able to offer to people in the sense that they don't have to go to the network and ask for more money because the network can just say, yeah, bring them in. Yeah. Bring them in because we own the company. Um, the two biggest ones, I'm going to separate them up because I have a feeling they're going to go the same route that Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder or Brian Myers and Matt Cardona went. First one, Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze has a phenomenal real estate company down here in, in central and southern Florida. Um, while I wouldn't be surprised if he walked away, he's also got a phenomenal wrestling school down here. Um, I would probably venture to say I would see him in AEW, uh, assuming that he uh, teams up with uh, 
the gentleman that you haven't named yet? I'm going to toss up. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to go with AEW. They're, they're, Tyler is, a, yeah, AEW. He, he spent a long time in NXT and then they called him up and then went back to NXT, but he got some gold around his waist. So I'm going to say AEW. They had some very, very great comedic spots. Uh, Tyler did, especially when uh, Connor and Victor, the extension, were involved there with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they might not even have to stick with the fashion gimmick. They could do that whole police gimmick thing that they that Tyler was doing. I'm saying AEW. I'll say AEW as well. Uh, if we go away from the tag team that he was in in WWE, Tyler Breeze also had an incredible feud with Dolph Ziggler when he first uh, debuted on the main roster. He has the ability to be a breakout single star, and he has the knowledge of being able to help any company he's in on social media. So I'm going to go with AEW as well. Um, now we have the final person on the list. I think the biggest person uh, out of the whole releases. Man once beat Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 29. Was once the most overstar on the WWE roster for a amount of time. I think this man has some of the best charisma of a wrestler that I've ever seen. Fandango. Also, Eva Marie's first crush, if you watch Total Divas. Um, she was trying to cheat on her husband with him. Um, <laughs> I think both uh, Fandango and Tyler Breeze would make great uh, TNT champions um, if they were to go singles to AEW. Um, but again, as a tag team, I think they'd be great in AEW as well. I think they could they could do well with FTR. Um or even, oh my God, Breeze and Fandango versus the Young Bucks. Young Bucks, yep, yep. Um, again, it's going to come down to does Tony Khan want to open up the checkbook? Uh, both Tyler Breeze and Fandango have been getting paid WWE dollars for, in Fandango's case, I believe 14 years. That's a lot of WWE dollars that uh, a, a smaller company that may not have that kind of paycheck or, or a checkbook would be able to afford. Cause he's going to, they're going to look for WWE type dollars. Right. Yeah. I, I with those two though, uh, like you said, I could see them going the tag team route. I could also see them going the way that Myers and Cardona did so they can try and establish themselves as singles wrestlers as well. I think you're going to see at least with Fandango, I think Tyler Breeze could go back to that. Um, not the fashion gimmick, but like the, the pretty boy gimmick he had before, I think he could go back to that and make that work. I think you're going to see Fandango drop the dancer gimmick and you're going to see him take up a much more serious look similar to how Zack Ryder, now known as Matt Cardona, has kind of dropped, for the most part, the Long Island like uh, frat boy gimmick. <laughs> so I think you're going to see Fandango be the one of the two that's going to change his gimmick up when he moves on to another company and try to make himself seem more aggressive, if you will. When I think of certain wrestlers, and this is a prime example, Matt Cardona and Kurt Hawkins or Brian Myers are forever embedded in my head as a tag team. Right. They can't go anywhere without not being a tag team, but as soon as Cardona got to impact, 
they instantly started feuding with each other, basically. Mm -hmm. So they're always intermingled in some way. I think Tyler Breeze and Fandango, to me, are the same thing. They, it doesn't work well without the other. Mm. I mean, That's it's fair. just, I mean, they can, they can intermingle where they, they, they start out singles and feuding with each other and someone attacks one of the other and they get upset and go and save their old time friend, pal, Yippee-yay, Kaye, and all of a sudden they're a tag team again. And, uh, but it's, it's a rocky road at first. And, you know, they have some flaws in their tag team and one's jealous of the other and this and that. Um, I don't know. To me, they have to stay a team. I just, there's certain wrestlers that can get released and be fine on their own. And then there's certain ones that I just don't think that it can happen to. And another tag team that I'll give an example of was the Iconics. I don't think one works well without the other. They got to be with each other in order to make it work. See, I'm, I'm actually going to disagree because, and, and that's okay. We can disagree. We can politely disagree. That's what we do. It's wrestling. You know, look at us, look at us disagreeing and not writing stuff about each other on Facebook that you, we should die or something like some people do. Weird. Um, I'm going to disagree with just in this case, only because the way, so when you mention the Iconics, it makes sense. I agree with you there. When you mentioned Myers and Cardona, I agree with you because most of their career being the end of their career in WWE and the beginning of their career in WWE, they were linked together. They debuted together. They basically went out together. You know, they had time in the middle where they were separated and whatnot, but they came in together. They left together. Breeze Angle wasn't always like that, though. Those both, both of them, both of those men, have shown that they can actually be big breakout stars on their own. Fandango literally beat Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. Tyler Breeze headlined multiple takeover events for the NXT Championship. Was in the rush for the Intercontinental Title. I could see them. I definitely get where you're coming from because I could also see if they go into a company and that's what they want they'll keep them together or they'll have them queued. But I could also see them trying to take some time apart to try and focus on their singles careers as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it could go either way, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can see it because I mean, Cardona and Myers did it. It's just to me, one without the other doesn't work well, but if you're going to establish yourself as a singles competitor, that's what you got. That's what you got to do first. But right. Even as singles, Cardone and Myers are right there with each other. Right. All right, guys. Well, that concludes our game of Oh, the Places They Will Go. Thank you, Dr. Seuss. We appreciate you. We miss you. Just kidding. We'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> we'll see you in two weeks. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on to the next segment of the show. I know Lee has a lot to talk about lately. He has... He has some frustrations he would like to vent. We here at Perched on the Top Rope have had a few issues that we take with some dirt sheets lately. We don't try to be a dirt sheet. We just try and talk about what we've heard and our opinions on it. We don't say whether it's true or false. We've got some issues with some of these dirt sheets and I know Lee wants to talk about it. Lee, this is your time. Take away. I've been writing for dirt sheets since 2018, 2017, somewhere around there, 2017, 2018. Smaller interviews that came out earlier than that, too. So you, you uh, yeah, some time. I had some smaller ones where, in, like, in 2015, interviewing the guys like the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, things like that. Right. Um, however, 
Ringside. I'm just going to go with the ones I, I've written for Ringside News, Sports Kita. And I was going to start with Wrestling Inc. this week. Uh, however, my frustrations draw from, we'll start with the money. At the time, Ringside News paid $3 an article you typed up. And I was getting 30 for an interview. Now, the 30 was kind of okay, except for the fact that travel wasn't paid for, which could be anywhere from three to six hours. Uh, so there was no money made. Sports Kita, $10 an interview, $2 an article. Wrestling Inc. is $7 an article. And as far as interviews went, I got, well, I deal with them and then hand them out. You just don't get to pick what you do. I've interviewed over a over a hundred wrestlers from WWE, WCW, AWA, AEW, Ring of Honor, even New Japan Pro Wrestling. You name them, I've interviewed them, including over 30 WWE Hall of Famers. You're even friends with some of them. Yes. And I find a lot of it to be insulting that there is such little pay for journalists. But I can step away from the pay because I work full time, so it's not that big of an issue. Right. My issue lies is where they hold the journalists back. And this is where it comes into the editors. Steve Carrier, Ringside News, you owe me $300, by the way, from August 2018 for interviews I was never paid for, you piece of shit. Ouch. Riju and Sports Kita is the editor. Yeah. One thing you'll notice the editors. And I'll, I'll say Fightful, Sean, the editors do the big interviews because they don't hand them out. They don't give them away. They have the following on social media because they made it that way for themselves to make themselves bigger than the company that they're writing for almost. I spent over two years at Sports Kita. Tons and tons of interviews. I brought a working relationship of major league wrestling to them. And I left as a senior analyst and I left because I was only a part-time writer. They wanted full-time. So they took all of us part-timers and axed us. That's okay. They, they were going to bring me back for season two, the next season of MLW, but they, they, they stopped on the very last episode and nobody covered it. Since then, at Sports Kita, nobody's covered MLW. Very insulting to MLW, by the way. Uh, just going to throw that out there. Not to mention, uh, this is a big one. How many times have we had you had to get a hold of Sports Kita because you went and did an interview for them and they put somebody else's name on it? That happened quite a bit. I think the Thunder Rosa interview was the biggest one. The Thunder, I did an interview with Thunder Rosa before her match with Dr. Britt Baker as the main event on AEW Dynamite. And they credited another journalist who they brought in just to do the bigger interviews because apparently I was never good enough after over two years to be given interviews. Even though we could see your, we could see that your name was on the actual YouTube video and could hear your voice. They credited it to somebody else. And Didn't they do that with us too? Didn't yeah. you and I do an interview? Yeah. And it showed up on Sports Kita, and somebody else wrote it. Yeah, they, was it with Manny? They had well, they had some. I don't remember. No, it was one of the very first shows we ever did. 
it was it was him and I. Oh, and, yeah. And someone at Sports Kita kind of like wrote about it, but there was no credit to perched on the top rope. No, no mention of my name. It was just, uh, no mention of even Rob in the damn thing. It was literally all our talks in an article from an anonymous source. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, I just did that, <laughs> and I didn't know the guy. Yeah. And then there's Wrestling Inc. I went through the interview with the owner Raj and Nick Hosman, I think is his last name or Hussman, however it's pronounced, whatever. Uh, and he's the editor. So he does all the big interviews with WWE and AEW. I brought up that I left as a senior analyst. I only cover MLW. I am kind of not an active watcher of professional wrestling. And then I do interviews. Okay, great. Great. Yeah, we can work with that. Then they start asking me, do you pay for this podcast? Do you pay for that podcast? Do you pay for this podcast? Are you willing to cover anything from Dave? My answer was, no, I will not cover any news that is already on another website. If I do a news source, it's because I found it. And then other websites have to credit the company I'm writing for and myself for the news. I don't want to be the guy that's writing as credited by Uncle Dave. I don't want to do that. Especially when half the time when that's done, the news isn't even verified yet. Ringside News, I, when I left Ringside News, I left one because I was owed $300. It was never paid. And two, they were just starting to do all their smearing campaign on Lars Sullivan. And they were getting a bad rap already because a lot of the wrestlers were calling Ringside News out for, for basically being like the National Enquirer of mm -hmm. fake news in wrestling. And I was like, I can't be associated with this. I'm going to, people, wrestlers aren't going to want to do interviews with me anymore. So I had to get away from that. Now ringside news does no interviews. I was the guy. I was it. That's that. I was the guy bringing interviews there. Get to sports Kita. I bring MLW. Now they're not covering it. I go to wrestling Inc. I tell them what I cover. Cool. Great. I get done with orientation. All of a sudden, the owner sends me uh, links. Hey, cover this. In the interview, did my shit go in one ear and out the other? <laughs> I made it known I'm not a full-time writer. They had me wanting, they, they put me down for seven days a week after 6 p.m. And I'm like, just because I'm out of work doesn't mean every day after work i want to do this i have a life you're putting me down for seven days a week i didn't give them that i didn't even give them a schedule i didn't even fill out any w2s or nines or anything at the time and they'd already sent me three articles and they're like cover this and i'm like mm, wait a second here and then during orientation i ask about the interviews and they're like well, I get them. And then if I pass them off, yeah. But you can't just go and find people to interview or say that you write here. I've been doing that since 2018. It's never been an issue anywhere. I understand that they, these companies work with the people that do the press and the media, like Tom George of MLW will email and send out emails to all the editors in the company saying, hey, I've got these guys that need interviews. Let's set them up. Tom George would always tell Sports Kita, Lee Walker, Lee Walker's doing this. We want Lee Walker. To the point they wouldn't even message Sports Kita anymore. They were messaging me directly. 
coming from CEO Court Buyer himself asking for me. Now I can't do MLW interviews because I'm not writing anywhere, which is, I'm kind of okay with it, but I'm not okay with it because I'm really pissed off about the whole situation. The way that dirt sheets are, they hold journalists back. And the prime example is with the editors hogging all the interviews, all the good interviews to make a name for themselves so that when their time comes, they can go out there and be a Chris Van Vliet and, and they're already established. Well, since 2018, I've been struggling to establish myself, no matter how much I hear and get messages on Facebook of fans asking when my next interview is going to be out on Sports Kita or going to be here or going to be there. I'm not doing it anymore. Fuck you, dirt sheets. Pay your writers better is bullshit. Well said. Why don't we just bring the interviews right here to perched on the top rope? And that's uh, why I made my sorry. That's why I made my tweet the other day. You will not find me on a dirt sheet anymore. Any interviews I do are only going to be exclusive to perched on the top rope from now on. I'm not freelancing anything out unless I get um, unless I get like a Hulk Hogan or this or that or something where it's amazing. But fans, you can check out any interview on our YouTube. You can find my old profiles. I'll even link them up in the descriptions, whatever. The dirt sheets aren't getting them no more. You don't pay. It ain't worth my time. Furthermore, when it comes to these now, when it comes to these articles, they want you to check the SEOs. They want you to check the SMOs. You got to do the media embedding. But Where then, the fuck is the editor for Christ's sakes? Right. And then they still take the credit from you. Well, I think the one good thing that's come out of the pandemic is we've had so many of these guys that used to be in the business that are into the virtual interview concept now that we've met enough people in the last year that they've even gone out. We've had Gilbert say he'll put in a good word for us to interview with people. We've yeah. had, we have had Duke, the dumpster Drozzy say he'll put in a good word for us. Sonny Ono has even said he'll come back for the show, you know, um, regardless of his relationship with Rob, he basically said he had enough of a fun time on the show that he wouldn't mind coming back. We've established enough relationships with wrestler, former wrestlers that I don't think that we need the dirt sheets anymore. We've got a following on Facebook. Fun fact, guys, uh, back when Tyler Rex, formerly known as Tyler Rex, came out as transgender, perched on the top row was the first Pro wrestling, I want to say network, but we're more of a social media. But anyways, that doesn't matter. We were the first people to break that news. I found that on Twitter right after uh, formerly Tyler posted it herself on her Twitter. Seconds later, I had it up before Ringside News. I had it up before Sports Kita. We were the first goddamn wrestling journalist company to have that news broken. That article was shared over 10,000 times. And then it was picked up everywhere else. From us. Now, everybody gave the credit to where it deserved because it was, I'm sorry, I don't remember what she goes by now. But uh, when, when, they, when the news was broke out from her Twitter account, I can't remember why I don't remember her name now. Uh, when she broke the news that she had come out as, as a transgender woman, everyone tweeted the news you know credited her for the news but then the dirt sheets got involved and it was credit this dirt sheet credit that dirt sheet it's gabby gabby tuft gabby tuft yeah so it was gabby 
we broke the news from her tweet. We did seconds after it was up. Over 2 million people, 2.19 million people seen our work that what was like that day alone. Just that day. Like we went up over like 10,000%. Gained about 2,000 followers in a day, I think. In a day. We don't need them. It's not so much of not needing the dirt sheets. My issue becomes without the dirt sheets or my name attached to a dirt sheet when I approach for the interviews, now I just got to say it's a podcast. I can't say, hey, I write for Sports Kita. Most of the wrestlers knew who that was. If I said it was Ringside News, they knew what that was. If I said Wrestling Inc., they know what that is. Uh, I'm, I'm lucky enough to know a few good meet and greet promoters. We know some of the legends. To help with interviews. We know some of the legends themselves that have said they'll put in good word of mouth. We got former WWE writer Rob, Rob Hockman Hockman? right here. That can, that can assist with some of that. It's not so much of needing the dirt sheets. It's just pay your writers better and share the interviews. There's more than one person in each dirt sheet that can do interviews that's good at doing interviews. I've seen some bad ones, but there are more than one. Sports Kita does a show with Dr. Chris Featherstone and Vince Russo. When you watch the show, it's like this. You're watching this, like a face. <laughs> Vince Russo has a cool setup. Many times with Sports Kita, I said, hey, look at my setup. I'm primed and ready to do shows for you guys. In two years, never even offered once me a spot. Nope. I did everything they wanted. I did news articles. I did this. I did that. Hell, I was the first person to break the news of AEW Sonny Kiss and Killian McMurphy, an independent wrestler, as the first openly gay couple in professional wrestling. Nothing. There were no thank you or, you know, wow, that was big, awesome congratulations from anyone I worked with. There was nothing. Just show some respect to your employees. Show some respect and pay them better. It's, you can't live off... $2 an article. You can't live off $3 an article. You can't live off $7 an article. I'd you like can't. to see the people that do it. <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy. Most of them are overseas, if that tells you anything. Especially oh, with Sports $7 means goes a long way, then. Yeah, for them. Uh, not for me. Fill my tank. Not even fill... Put $7 in my gas tank when I go to cut a lawn. <laughs> Go to cut my grass. Fills up my fills up my gas tank and my lawnmower. Woo! Anyway, that was my rant on dirt sheets. Um, I've lost a lot of respect for them after what I dealt with when it came to wrestling Inc. And the fact that I know that I am openly talking about how they pay, word's gonna get back to some of them. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to go right for them again. If you want to see me right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm working on Curtis Hughes. Yes, that's right. Mr. Hughes, the first guy who ever stole the undertaker's urn in 1993 
I'm working on his autobiography right now. So fans, you can expect that out. Hopefully by the end of 2021. Yes, sir. We'll get there. We'll get there. But now that y'all know how the dirt sheets pay, how they hold writers back. I hope that you all listening will take a different stance when you go to click a link from these dirt sheets and a little helpful hint when you open it up and it says as first reported by don't bother reading it. 90% of these dirt sheets can't get news on their own. It's because someone else beats them to it. So don't read it. Go to the source itself. Don't make them more money because they're not paying that writer shit to write that article. That's all I got. I'm, I'm... You're good. You're good. Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I think our time on the show here this week has come to an end. Before I get to the normal spiel, I would just like to let you guys know that I'm going to be taking a couple of weeks off from the show here. I've got a lot going on in life. We've got... Um, you know, I've got some moving and stuff to do. Girlfriend and I are getting a new place. We've got a wedding coming up. So for the next couple weeks here, you will be seeing Robin Lee on the show. I will be back. Lee can't get rid of me that easily. Rob, as much as he tries, cannot get rid of me that easily. But what you're telling us is the ratings are going to go up for the next couple weeks. I knew that was coming. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, before I'm a numbers guy. I'm a numbers guy. I know where the breaks are going to come. Don't worry. Before Alex does give his spiel, we do want to send our prayers and condolences not only to Terry, as most of you guys know as Sabu, ECW original. We want to pay our respects to the friends and family of Melissa Coates. Melissa worked for WWE uh, 2005-2006. Uh, uh, she was well-known in the bodybuilding community. Uh, she recently passed away, uh, and she was Sabu's manager. You've met her yourself in I, I have met her and uh, had the pleasure to work with the both of them while working on Sabu's autobiography that was uh, helped written by Kenny Casanova. I helped with some of the forewords for the book. I got to work with them. Very nice lady. Uh, Heartbreaking. It, it's, it's a very sad situation. She had recently lost one of her legs. Uh, I don't know how she passed. All I can do. She had a heart she, attack. I was going to say. She had uh, a heart attack. Assuming from a, a blood clot from the surgery. Uh, she was actually just recently here in New York with Sabu two weeks ago. Um, they were, they were doing like a meet and greet tour with the book. He also has a coloring book out now, which is you. It's weird. Yeah. He's got a coloring book. I need that. Yeah. Imagine that Sabu, the most extreme, one of the most extreme wrestlers in professional wrestling history as a coloring book for children. I need that. <laughs> it, it is what it is. Um, very heartbreaking, very sad. Um, she was the brains to Sabu's bronze. Uh, well, she was sometimes the bronze too. Helped. Yeah. I I would. Uh, I wouldn't pick a fight with her ever. 
I'm sure Terry's not taking this well. I don't know what their relationship was like. They're on his personal Facebook. He had it's complicated. They are they were together, but none of that's important. Right? Yeah. Uh, what, what's most important is uh, our prayers and condolences. Uh, I'm gonna let Al take it away to do the spiel, ladies and gentlemen. When Al is done with the spiel, we'll give a ten bell salute, and that's how we'll end the show. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to find us on social media, now more than ever, we'd appreciate it as we are going solo from now on. Um, if you would like to find us on Instagram or Twitter, it is Perched Top Rope. If you would like to find us on Facebook, YouTube, or TikTok, it is Perched on the Top Rope. You can find our podcast on Red Circle website. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Apple Music, Stitcher, basically anywhere where you can find podcasts. We are now there. And we bring this show that you are currently listening to there every single week. So we very much appreciate it. If you went to our social media, gave us a follow, gave us a like on whatever platform allows you to, and just show us some support because we're here for you guys. And do us a favor when you go visit us at Apple Podcast. Make sure you not only hit the subscribe button, give us a review. Give us five stars. If you don't feel like five, give us what you think we should have, and we'll try and get better. I'll only accept five. Oh, okay. Give us five. Oh, okay. We're worth it. All right, five. Trust me. Five. And ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, you guys ready in three, two? Spoiler free. Spoiler free is the way, the to, way be. to be. We're out. We're out. Mm-hmm.